Hey there, and welcome to Take the Stage. My guest today is Dan Mori. Dan has an extensive background in the staffing industry, including presently being the executive director of the National Independent Staffing Association. Dan serves on the Board of Employment Solutions of New York, a staffing organization with a national footprint, providing leadership and strategic guidance. His areas of expertise within staffing are business development, strategic planning and execution, and organizational leadership. On today's episode, you can expect to learn why the staffing industry defaults to competing on price, why you should train salespeople to have deeper conversations with clients, how you can tailor your value proposition to different levels of the organization, and Dan hits us with a quote that I have to share. Success leaves clues. Are you actively looking for them? Get ready. It's Dan Mori and I take the stage. Dan, why does the staffing industry consistently default to competing on price? Oh, man, I love it. Uh, I'm just going to hit you straight, Brad. Please. Uh, The reason that the industry consistently defaults to competing on price is it's the fault of the salesperson and it's the fault of the leadership of the agency that the salesperson works for and not properly training the salesperson. But ultimately, the, the reason that they default to being commoditized and they allow it to happen to themselves is because they actually don't do anything that is differentiating from their competition. They literally don't make themselves look or sound or seem any different than any other staffing agency out there, leaving the prospect confused with the only deciding factor to determine which agency they go with in their apples to apples comparison to be on price. So because they actually leave the prospect confused, the prospect has no choice but to let the agencies battle it out on price because to the prospect, they think either agency is going to give them the same thing. So if it's the same thing, why not pay less for it? I got a an, a great, but maybe also awful example for you. I had a call about probably two years ago with a, a former client of mine. They wanted a new website. And in that call, they said, here, I'm going to send you a link. I said, okay, great. I opened this up on, on the call and I'm not making this up. He said, Brad, you see that website? I said, yes. He said, I want ours to look just like that. On what planet does that make any sense, Dan? None. None. You know, in in thinking through how to sell our services and thinking through how to differentiate ourselves, if we're only competing on price, it's it's really just a race to the bottom. 100%. There is no strategic advantage to being the cheapest agency out there or being the second cheapest agency out there. If you've got a business model where you can truly make it work being the least expensive, good for you. That's your model. But there is no advantage to being in second place or any, anywhere thereafter. You have to di- differentiate based on value if you're not going to be the lowest priced agency. Why haven't we as an industry figured out how to differentiate ourselves? I don't want to put all the blame on agencies because it's actually a tough thing to differentiate because we're providing a service. And in reality, a lot of us use the same resources. We use the same job boards. We use the same softwares or ATSs. And we kind of go about recruiting the same way You know, we look at resumes the same way. We're kind of subject to how job seekers actually find jobs. So we sort of fall by default into that, you know, and we don't really know the value that we provide, which I I definitely want to go deeper into if we have time, you know, but uh, we don't really understand the value that we provide. So we just all go through the same motions 
And then because we're providing a, not a widget, but like a, a product that or service that actually talks back, it's really hard to actually say, yeah, this is why we're different because it's possible, you know, there's most agencies will have similar candidates or the same candidates in their databases, the agency down the street. So if you've got the same inventory and the same tools to find inventory, the only thing that you can really differentiate on is actually how you do it and why you do it the way that you do it. And unfortunately, I don't think agencies really take enough time to be intentional or deliberate about that. And most agencies, and again, I say this with all the love in my heart for this industry, most of them do a terrible job telling the story uh, and then training their people how to tell the story of why they're different. Yeah. And, and friends, you've heard me talk about Simon Sinek before countless times on this show and also on Insights. Start with why. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And if we start with why and we have that why mentality, well, then we sort of get into that with our messaging, into that when we start to think about differentiating ourselves. Again, people don't buy what you do. At the end of the day, Dan's alluding to it. I'll say it too. We all sort of do the same thing, right? We put great people to work in a great opportunity. But what we do is sort of the same why we do it, how we do it, that's what's different. And if we can figure out what makes us unique because of those whys, because of those hows, well, then we have something we can work with. And then, Dan, we have differentiation and then we don't have to compete on price. You said you wanted to talk about the value we provide. I do. And I actually want to push back because I'm a Simon Sinek fan. I love the golden circle. I love start with why. And I believe that's really, really important. And I do believe that people buy why we do what we do. But I don't think it's the whole story, Brad. I really don't. It's it's actually people buy emotionally, right? And then they justify logically. And I think when you are passionate about why we do what we do, I think it opens the door for people to actually feel like you're doing it differently and you might be more convicted or committed to the end result. But I honestly don't. I believe that people buy not what we sell, but what, what we sell does for them, right? If you're in light industrial, like what we sell is maybe 20 material handlers, but in the end of the day, what they're buying is not 20 material handlers, it's product out the door, right? It's what those material handlers are going to do. If you're in healthcare and you're providing nurses, what you sell is nurses on demand, if you will, but what your healthcare organization is actually buying is quality healthcare for their patients, right? So like, so if you really want to differentiate yourself, you have to clearly understand the value of what your client actually gets out of what you're providing to them and then align it to why you're so passionate about providing it to them and why the end result actually matters to you, not just doing the thing that you do. Couldn't agree more, Dan. And, and I think you're exactly right. If we think through um, you know, selling staffing services, at the end of the day, no one really needs a temp. They need to make sure that their production line's working. They need to make sure that product's getting out the door. They need to make sure that their biggest challenge is, being, is getting executed on. If you have seasonal demand, if you have some sort of cyclical demand, you need to make sure that that is being facilitated. If you're, if you're in healthcare staffing, you have certain quotas that you need to hit. You have challenges. Those are keeping you up at night. You don't need a temp. You need to make sure that your hospital can function at current numbers, at the right numbers. You need to make sure that your widget and your lines are working effectively, right? And, and that, that to me, Dan, screams, okay, that's sort of the what, what you do, right? So, so what we do is we provide temps, but you're exactly right. If you're cold calling, you're prospecting and you're only competing on price, you're not getting to that part of the conversation. You're not getting into the value that you provide on the next secondary level of what you're actually providing. That's right. And speaking to that and like why we, we get left to compete on price because we don't differentiate ourselves is because everybody 
goes out there and they say, we provide temps, we provide material handlers, we provide nurses, we provide, you know, software programmers, developers, like whatever we provide, we, we provide the best talent possible. Everybody is saying that right there. If you want to differentiate yourself, actually understand what your clients need out of it. And don't say we provide material handlers. We provide solutions to allow our clients to have maximum uptime on their lines and get the optimal number of widgets out of their warehouse, out of their warehouse on time to keep their customers happy. That's what we provide. Right. And it's just, it reminds me of a quick story, super quick story. And I, it's just like, because I think about this Starbucks here. Ryan Essis, I heard him speak at the SI Exec Forum years ago, and he talked about a story going through, I think, the Minneapolis airport, how he would always go to this one Starbucks, even though it was always a concourse away. But he went there because there was this one lady and he was he'd be there and she was just so happy. And he's like, I had to stop and I had to ask this lady. He's like, how do you get so happy about working in an airport like this, seeing people that you'll probably never see again, you, you know, literally like just serving coffee? And then she's like, I'm not serving coffee. She's like, I'm serving happiness. People come to me and they're usually stressed out because travel is stressful and they come to me and I can put a smile on their face, even if only for a brief minute, for a brief minute. And I give them coffee that's going to make them feel good for the rest of their travels. She's like, so I'm not just serving coffee. I'm, I'm serving up happiness to people in a, in a place where they most need it. And I was like, when I heard that and he like, as he told it, I could see that he got it. And I'm like, that's what we do. It's the end result for the people that we're serving, not the beginning of what we serve. Yeah, I I love that story and and friends that is super relatable to our industry, right? When you think about putting somebody to work in a very very basic basic understanding, you're giving somebody 40 hours a week, let's call it, right? You're giving somebody Dan, you mentioned material handlers. That is their job. But then what will they be able to achieve because of you, because of the opportunity that you gave them? What is that next step? Dan, I love that story and and I want to thank you for sharing it. Um, you know, thinking through the value we provide and thinking through sort of what differentiates us. You said that you wanted to sort of allude to, to some talking points there as well. And I'd love to give you the floor to do that. And that's that's big. I appreciate that, Brad. And as, as I mentioned, it's one thing to say, hey, we've got the service and this is what we do. And I can say it's not people don't buy what we sell. They buy what what we sell does for them. If we really want to differentiate ourselves, it comes down to value and selling based on value. And the only way to really sell based on value and differentiate yourself is to actually understand the value and qualify and quantify what the value we provide to our clients actually is. So in my negotiation training, some of what people are going to hear at the Staffing Sales Summit coming up in February in Orlando is the reason that everybody negotiates, everybody in the world, anytime that you're actually negotiating, and I'm going to say specifically to the staffing industry now, but this happens, this is far and wide. It's because the people that are involved in negotiation do not know or do not appreciate the value of what they're buying or selling, right? And salespeople will often cave on price because they don't understand fully or they don't appreciate fully the value of what we provide to the agency and what what we provide actually does for our clients. They don't, they don't understand it. And similarly, buyers also don't truly understand the end impact value. Not most of them don't, some of them do, but most of them don't understand or appreciate the value of what agency services actually does for their company that they're buying the services for. And because you got these two sides that don't really understand the value of this and neither one of them does a good job actually communicating it. That's why they're left to differentiate based on price. And then that's why you get in this game. It's like, oh, well, this company is you know, that I currently work with is doing it for 45. So if you want to work with me, you got to do it for 40 and completely arbitrary numbers. Right. And at the end of the day, like 
most people don't realize that the difference between 40 and 45 is rather insignificant. It seems big because 40 to 45 seems like a bit of a big jump. But when you actually look at it as a percentage of a, of a payroll, it's really not as big as you think. And at the end of the day, it's not, it doesn't even come close to the output value that the client is actually getting from the employees. And one of my favorite examples to kind of bring this home is I show people kind of two exercises. One is a screen that shows six gallons of milk. All of them are $3.50 and one is $5. And I ask, if you're going to look at this, how much should a gallon of milk cost? Everyone says $3.50. I'm like, well, why is it $3.50? Because all of them except for one is $3.50. So the market says it should be $3.50 and that's what they all look like. So no one's going to buy the $5 gallon of milk, right? Logic. That's how people approach the market. The next piece I show is I'm like, okay, well, if we take 20 material handlers and we put them in a place and they can each get a hundred widgets out the door a day and the client actually makes X number of dollars per widget, how much do they make? And people are like, oh, it's this, this much money. And it's a big number. And honestly, most places are making more than $2 a widget, right? But so it's a big number. I'm like, okay, well, what is the total cost of that labor for the day? at 45% or at 40%. And they're like, wow, that's only a small fraction of what the company is actually getting out of it, right? And I know there's other overhead or there's other stuff, but honestly, payroll is the biggest expense, you know, on anyone's balance sheet or profit loss statement. So when you're looking at that right there, you have to understand like, what is the actual economic value that the work that your people that you're putting on assignment are doing for the client and compare your pricing to that and do not anchor your pricing to the competition. Do not anchor your pricing to the market. You have to, you have to be a professionally trained salesperson to decouple the client's thinking or the prospect's thinking and move their, their, how they anchor your pricing to the market and actually anchor it to the solution and the value that you're actually providing. And if you're a staffing agency out there and you're struggling with this and you feel like you're always competing on price, I have two pieces of advice for you. And one is a completely shameless plug. But the first one, just train your people, talk to your current customers and ask them, why do they use you and what value do they get? And why is it so valuable? That will tell your story. And then obviously you can work with companies like Haley Marketing and Brad and all them. They can tell you how to really tell it in a powerful way. Uh, or, and you can actually come to the Staffing Sales Summit and learn all this stuff from some of the best trainers in the industry. Dan, do you think this is a, a fundamental industry problem that we're not training our people the right way to verbalize what our value is? Or is it that we're not getting deep enough into the conversation to have that conversation, right? So what you're alluding to, and, and let me kind of paint that picture a little bit differently. What you're alluding to is, is pretty deep conversation to figure out, okay, you know, if you're going to put out a thousand widgets this week and you need X employees to do it, here's the value that you're creating. Here's what they should be paid, right? You're, you're coming up with a very deep conversation. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, how is, you know, Brad Biley, you know, two years of sales experience going to get to a prospect to even have that conversation? So it's both. It starts with training. You know, you, you have to train. Every organization should be training their salespeople because they're the first impression of your organization. They're the first people that are going to meet the prospect. They're going to set the tone of who you are and how you show up in the market. So you need to train these salespeople on what value is and how to find it and how to identify what good clients are related to the value and the solutions that you provide. So you have to train that. And part of that training is teaching them how to ask those questions and go deep enough to where they truly understand the business challenges, the negative business impact, and ultimately the personal business impact. 
right? About why somebody needs to make a change and do something with your service, right? And if you don't train your salespeople that way, what's going to happen is premature presentation. They're going to hear something like, oh, we already use a staffing agency that's not helping us get the 20 material handlers or the 15 nurses that we need, right? And they're going to get excited because salespeople get excited. We're very happy, ear-centric people, right? And we're like, oh, they need 15 people. I can solve that problem, right? And they start like, let me tell you how I can do it and I'm going to do it better without really even understanding why they need those people in the first place and why there might even be a disconnect, right? So we need to, we as sales managers, we need to train our people to not basically uh, offer a prognosis without a proper diagnosis, you know, and there has to be certain levels of affirmation throughout the process. But until you really understand what the, what the symptoms are, the business impact is, and what the, like the actual outcome of doing nothing is, you really can't prescribe a, a, a prognosis or offer a solution to solve the problem. I could not agree more. And, you know, thinking through working out or just having sort of a, a pain in your body, right? You could tweak something in your lower leg doing some sort of exercise. You're just walking up the stairs that goes all the way up your back. And now you have back problems or you have a, a pain in your back. And if you go to the doctor and they diagnose you with something going on in your back, but they don't troubleshoot what's going on in your ankle, well, then you're not fixing the root of the problem. And Dan, you're speaking exactly to that. If we as a sales team, as sales individuals are saying, listen, you're sort of just waiting for those one or two buzzwords and saying, oh, I can help with that. You're not getting to the root of the, the problem, the root of the conversation where you can actually add that value. Dan, another thing that I continue to hear you say on this, this conversation is we as an industry need to understand the value we provide and not just temps, not just laborers, not just workers or employees, however you want to articulate that, the true value. And your entire team needs to be able to articulate that value cross-channel, whether it's a phone call on social, in an email, in a text message, you need to be able to articulate that value clearly and directly. I agree, Brad. And once you do that, it permeates the entire organization and it actually becomes part of your rallying cry. And when recruiters understand what they're going for, they're going to be able to better present the job and the expectations and responsibilities of the job to the candidate to find a better candidate for your clients. When the salespeople truly understand it, they're going to have more meaningful, deeper, consultative conversations with the clients. They're going to create stronger, more clearly defined relationships with the clients. And then you're going to have marketing. Can you imagine if your website, going back to your example, if the website's like, I want one that looks just like that. Can you imagine if your website actually clearly communicated the value that you provided? If your prospects or candidates were landing on your website and they're like, holy cow, that's the problem that I face. And that's exactly the outcome that I would like to have. That's what I'm looking for. I'm going to reach out to this company versus landing on your website and being like, okay, I can tell that they all use the same company for their websites, you know, like, you know, and hopefully I, and I, I know Haley well enough and I know you and, and David, hopefully you were like, no, I'm not going to give you a cookie cutter website. That's going to look like everybody else. Cause that's not serving the industry the way that you guys show up for it. But, um, yeah. Anyway, when you have that message and you qualify and you train your entire organization, it will create ripple effects that cre that leads to exponential growth for your for your company for sure. Hey, I want to take a short pause to tell you about the Smart Ideas newsletter from Haley Marketing. You need ideas to help strengthen your staffing company, ideas to boost sales, ideas to help you compete, and you don't have time to waste. With the Smart Ideas newsletter, each Saturday morning you'll receive one actionable idea 
a specific strategy you can immediately put into action to help grow your business. Ready to get started? Visit HaleyMarketing.com to sign up today. All right, let's get back to the show. I want to touch on another point, and I think it's as a whole, and, and again, maybe this is a stereotype, but in having maybe 15 to 20 conversations a week, I think I have a pretty good pulse on the stereotype of of the industry. Um, we as an industry, I think, struggle to know who to call on in the sales process. So we're cold calling, we're prospecting. I'm calling Dan. I don't know if Dan has any staffing needs. I don't even know Dan's seat. I just found him on LinkedIn. I'm going to give him a call and see if he has anybody that, you know, he needs some temps. So Dan, I want to talk to you about this because what you're doing is is you're, you're sort of screaming at me the importance of value and I love the conversation. But at each level of the organization, individuals need to receive different value, right? Because they have different challenges and different needs. Where do we go with that, Dan? How do we articulate to our sales team how to show our value to different tiers of the organization? Yeah, and that's actually a really important piece of training that that managers need to hone in on is that, yes, you don't always know who you should be calling. You know, a lot of times they say, hey, go to the top down, you know, very important top officer and like get delegated down, which is obviously it's a great tactic. However, if you go with the same unique value proposition to every single person, you're also hoping that the person that you're talking to finds value in that value proposition, right? So what we train to do is understand that the people in the C-suite have actually different expectations and they value the outcomes differently, right? The COO is actually going to have even different values than the CFO, right? If you're talking to the CFO, you might want to implement your staffing solution to decreased overtime expense, right? If you're talking to your COO, you might want to implement your staffing solution to increase productivity and production uptime and widgets out the door, right? Or process efficiency, right? If you're talking to HR, you might want to actually prevent a solution that that actually maybe minimizes OT or increases morale, something along those lines to make sure you're keeping a healthy workforce, you know? And, and it goes throughout the organization. So what I would recommend is literally take a look. And this is the part that baffles me is most people don't actually look at the business they're already doing. If you're in business and you're generating revenue, you have some level of success and success leaves clues. Go look at the clients that you're working with. Look at the people that you deal with on the regular or that you've dealt with in this process and ask them what's so important about the staffing services you provide and what value is it and use that to shape your individual client personas. And you're going to have a persona for a CEO, a COO, a CFO. You might have CTO if you're in IT staffing or CHRO if you're in HR staffing, but then have those personas for you know, mid-level managers, you know, a director of HR or a VP of HR or a floor, you know, operations manager, whatever that might be, and figure that piece out and then craft your story, hitting the key points that are going to be important to that person around the solution that you provide. So that part is consistent, who you are, why you do it and what you do is consistent, but how you present the value to each person is a little bit different, you know, and just be aware of that. So they know when they're calling on somebody, they can load up their persona and approach that person with a little more customized way that's telling a story that might better resonate. Friends, if if you listen to nothing but maybe the three minute rant that Dan just had there, I don't want to call it a rant, a three minute run that Dan just had. Dan, I think that was worth the cost of admission right there. And And friends, what I see time after time is we sort of use our marketing or our messaging or even our cold calls, our prospecting as a megaphone. We have sort of the same, here's what we say. We have the same, hey, here's what we do. 
But to Dan's point, and I could not agree more, that varies based on who you're talking to. And we can't have this sort of megaphone approach to our messaging anymore because different people have different needs, different challenges, different objectives. And if you can add value to that individual, direct value and articulate that value, well, that's how we can close more business in 2024. Also, you said, and and I'm going back to my notes here for a second, you made a comment that success leaves clues. Friends, if you are in business, as Dan is alluding to, and have any sort of client on your books, you are a successful staffing firm, recruiting firm. What clues are they giving you into leading to more business? How did you win that business and how can you replicate on that success? Dan, too often, we're trying to go back and do something completely different, reinvent the wheel instead of simply looking at what we did that was successful three months ago. And I don't get that. That's right. You're you're spot on. And that's why we need to actually analyze what we did right that actually led to a positive result versus overanalyzing the negative results and trying to fix things. Because when you do that, sometimes you have unintended consequences that will actually diminish the successful business. And it's not a trade-off worth making. Dan, I want you to take a second here just to, again, tell us about your sales summit and what individuals can expect to learn in Orlando in February. Absolutely. I appreciate that, that platform, Brad. So First of its kind staffing sales conference where we are inviting the industry's top leaders, top thought leaders and authorities on sales and training and basically growing revenue. And we have a lot of speakers, multiple tracks. We've got tracks dedicated specifically for managers that might be looking to develop a sales team or develop a salesperson. We've got tracks dedicated specifically to sales producers that that you're hoping can actually produce a a high level of revenue and gross margin for your organization. And they're going to learn things like a very effective prospecting approach and how to identify those right prospects and create those uh, customized personas. They're going to learn things like how to actually have those communications through email outreach or cold calling or visits and walk-ins and how to actually structure a cadence that will allow you to be more successful in today's you know, uh, environment for selling in. And they're also going to learn things like negotiation and value selling and learn how to differentiate your agency and the sales reps. And it is limited to hundred seats and actually registration is now open and starting to fill up quick. Um, but the salespeople that attend this event will come out of this event with better tools, strategies, tactics, and techniques to sell in 2024. And I would wager that the people that attend this event are going to be much more likely to actually hit their sales goals in 2024 than the rest of the market. And the last thing I'll share on why that's a really important piece right there, Brad, is less than 25% of salespeople actually hit their goals according to the latest SIA data. So if you are in that 75% and you're like, I need my salespeople to grow and learn how to sell in this weird market right now, Definitely get them to Orlando February 20th through the 22nd uh, and be part of the Staffing Sales Summit. It sounds like a can't miss event. And I rarely say can't miss unless I really, really mean it, Dan. Based on the conversations I'm a part of, closing new business is incredibly difficult right now. It seems like every conversation that I'm a part of as I'm consulting with individuals throughout the, the industry are, listen, Brad, we business is down. We're either losing business or we just can't grow. We're, we're spinning our wheels. We're, we're doing the same things, expecting different results which is a form of insanity, but we can't grow. We're not growing. Friends, this seems like the perfect event for you. And it doesn't have to be that way, Brad. Honestly, the the market has changed. And I will tell you that I've been a part of the buyer side conversation. Buyers are frustrated 
they honestly feel like agencies are not listening to them and not actually hearing them. And we're just repeating the same track on repeat over and over and over. Like you said, doing the same thing and expecting different results. And the reality is the different results need to happen for the client. And they feel like they've been just wasting money with their current agencies. And they're starting to put all of us in that bucket. So if you want to actually be different and grow, the industry is growing. Brad, I just had a strategic leadership meeting with our, with our team. Right now, there's never been more employers and the employers have never had a greater demand for people. This is literally among the best times ever to be in the staffing industry. Like there's more demand for what we do and all it's gonna take is for a few people in your market, actually if just be the one in your market to change how you're actually marketing yourself and the message that you're saying and align it to the outcomes that your client actually wants and not just what you do, make it about them and not you. Right, make it about how good they can be with your service and not how about good you are. Right. If you do that, you're gonna differentiate yourself and those frustrated clients, they need your service. They're gonna call on you and they're gonna work with your agency and they'll start to realize why the service you provide is actually worth paying more. And you won't be stuck competing on price. You'll anchor your pricing to the value that you provide as it relates to the solution that you're providing to your customer and the problem you're solving. So absolutely, it doesn't need to be so hard. It doesn't need to be hard. Dan, if someone's listening right now, they want to consider the Staffing Sales Summit, they want to get a hold of you, where can they go? How can they learn more about you? First off, you can hit me up on LinkedIn You know, for this. The Staffing Sales Summit, the registration page is on the website for the National Independent Staffing Association, which is NISA, N-I-S-A, connections.com. Just go to events. You actually see all of our events there, uh, but you can look at the Staffing Sales Summit, just click the registration page, get information there. Um, there's some cool sign-up goodies that are going to be announced soon too. So, but definitely go take advantage of that and get your people registered because the the rooms are filling up quick and the registrations are filling up quick as well. I will say, Dan, and and, and I'll give you this shout out too. Outside of the Staffing Sales Summit, had the opportunity to attend and speak at the NISA Annual Conference in 2023. Phenomenal event, phenomenal group of people. Um, I do my best as a speaker and in some cases partner to the industry. Right, a lot of vendors will sit outside the room. You know, they'll they'll sit at the booth. They wait for people to come to them. I have always made it a point to sit in on sessions and learn as much as I can as well. I had so many takeaways that I came back to Haley with on Monday that shared with and, and sent out an email to the full team, a ton of takeaways. So friends, if you're interested in the Staffing Sales Summit, as Dan alluded to, or you're industry, uh, interested rather in the NISA Association, you can check that out as well. Dan provided the link to you. We'll also put a link in the description and the show notes for you. Absolutely. And a, and a shout out and a bit of gratitude for you for, for partnering with us the way that you do, Brad. Uh, again, at that same strategic leadership conference, uh, your name and specifically your session back in Dallas actually came up with a best practice for handling reviews. And you know the, the information you shared actually took hold in some of my people's lives and made their life better and easier and made that communication more effective for everybody. And it was it was meaningful, man. So you made a difference. Uh, so I appreciate you being there and, and showing up. And, and we're not the only ones that gave you high praise, but that literally all these months later, that was still what came up at our strategic annual meeting is is that that nugget you shared. So I appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. You know, it's uh, on Take the Stage, we're, we're here to bring you the industry's top speakers, strategic thinkers, and strategic partners. And uh, what's interesting about going to conferences is most times you come back home to your home office and you don't get a lot of that feedback. So I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, it's Brad again. Before we get to the rapid fire round, I want to tell you about Haley Marketing. Take the Stage is presented by Haley Marketing. 
At Haley Marketing, we make world-class marketing easy, fast, and affordable. Marketing for the staffing industry is all we do. And if you need help with your marketing stack, whether that's a staffing website, digital marketing, branded content, recruitment marketing, or marketing technology, we would love to help. You can visit HaleyMarketing.com to learn more today. All right, let's get to the rapid fire round. Dan, before I let you go, I got to run you through our three question rapid fire round if you're ready. Send it. All right. First one, one book that has changed your life. Brother, I can't give you one. I tried so hard, but I'm going to give you three really quick ones. So one, if you were a sales producer or even a, a line level sales manager trying to get the most out of your sales team, winning the staffing sales game by Tom Erb, who's one of our, our trainers that'll be at the conference. This one is amazing for setting up cadences and teaching how your people do. It's very tactical. Uh, another staffing centric one that I absolutely love that's for the executives that might be watching this and you're trying to scale your organization, but uh, Breaking Through by Mike Cleland and Barry Ason of SIA. Absolutely. This is a masterclass. This is an MBA and a book about how to scale an agency and why some agencies get stuck on scale. And then actually going outside of the staffing industry. And I know I'm on trend with the staffing and sales here, but Hyper Sales Growth by uh, Jack Daly. This one is for any sales manager looking to really level up a sales team. But these three amazing, amazing books, chock full of gold uh, that will change your life as a, as a leader in the staffing industry. Second question, one 30 minute conversation with anybody living or dead, who are you sitting down with? My dad, he passed away uh, a little over 20 years ago. And uh, unfortunately he didn't really get to see my adulthood. Uh, he only got to see the very early twenties, which I wasn't uh, focused or much of anything. So I would honestly love to sit down with him and just uh, just catch him up, you know, and and maybe introduce him to to my wife and his grandkids, uh, and that would be pretty meaningful to me. Love that answer, Dan. Love that answer. One piece of advice that you would give to somebody just starting in the staffing and recruiting industry: plug in, plug like literally find. This is an open industry. This is such a great community of people. Find mentors in your organization and outside of your organization. You can grow so far in this industry and don't don't wait for growth opportunities to happen for you. Like go tune into the resources that Haley has available, tune into what Nice is putting out, what staffing industry analysts, ASA, your local associations, you know, listen to the Tom Erds and the Mike Clelands and you know, all of these trainers that are out there. Like, you know, David Cerns is someone that dropped a lot of knowledge at the last uh NISA leadership event that people were just scribbling notes. Like there is so much information out there and so many people that just want to help literally just plug into it and just immerse yourself in this industry and then just connect yourself to the value of what we're really doing by providing meaningful work to people and helping companies find meaningful employees and just just lean in. It's a great industry to be a part of. Friends, he's Dan Mori. Dan, I can't thank you enough for coming on Take the Stage and sharing your insights with us. Friends, like you said, Success leaves clues, and there are a ton of clues in this episode to help you along your journey in 2024. Dan, thanks again, buddy. I appreciate you. Thanks, Brad. 